Ian Jarrett has been a long-time member of the travel writing fraternity, and recently he spent a month in Europe, lucky Ian, visiting northern Spain and Portugal, but opting to travel around Europe on trains rather than planes. Sensible man. Ian speaks with Graham Kemlow about his visit to Balbao in Spain, then by train via Burgos to Santiago del Compostela. Finally, he travelled by bus to Porto in Portugal, a fascinating city, especially for its cultural district, Wow. And yes, that is its real name. I gather, Ian, you spent a good deal of your time in Western Europe, and more specifically, it sounds like you really enjoyed Portugal. Well, that's very true, Graham. It's been a very busy year for uh, Europe and a very warm year. I think the day we arrived, we actually flew into Bilbao in northern Spain. The day we arrived, it was 43 degrees. Whoa. Um, it did cool down after that, and um, we were able to make our way by rail, mostly by rail, through uh, Spain to Portugal. I think we travelled from, from Bilbao by train down to um, the ancient city of Burgos, and then to the pilgrim destination of Santiago del Compostela, which yep. was very popular, very busy. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet you didn't do any of it. Uh, the the uh, Santiago, you didn't do the the trek. No, I didn't do the trek. Um, I did plenty of walking around the city though, and saw right. plenty of uh, of pilgrims who were always very recognisable because they were carrying walking sticks and uh, backpacks. But we just stayed in the city itself and the beautiful cathedral there. So um, it's a, it's well worth a visit. Right. And now you say you flew into Bilbao. Where where from? From London, from Gatwick. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Uh, because so normally we, you'd be we, going into Madrid or Barcelona, wouldn't you, uh, on an uh, international our from trip down was here. organised by a company called Byways Travel in the UK, yeah. and they specialise in um, in rail travel, and which I think at the moment, in, especially in Europe, is becoming much more acceptable uh, now that everyone's worried about global warming and, sure. and trying to stay off uh, aeroplanes and, and go onto planes. So what sort of a, a time difference is there by taking the train? It's obviously a bit longer. It is longer, but you go, you go city centre to city centre. Yeah, that's a and good thing, isn't it? I think that's where the, the main value of, of train travel is. Plus, it's, it's, you, know, you can sit back, relax, watch the countryside go by. I think France now is, is introducing um, domestic flight bans where there's a rail alternative. And uh, major airlines like Air France, KLM and Lufthansa are supporting this shift. Uh, That's interesting. Further, I think airlines are looking to link air and rail to offer travellers multiple forms of transport options for for part or all of their journey. So I think rail is really uh, taking off now in a big way and and, um, airlines are adapting to it uh, by offering... Um, options for travellers. I guess Europe is so compact in the sense when you compare it against the US or Australia or Canada um, the, that the you get away with are it. very good in Europe so yeah they are um, maybe not quite so good in Portugal but um, they're still the trains run on time and they're clean so yeah you can't ask for anything more. And do they have things like uh, a television set or uh, do they stream can you stream your internet connection? The Trains in Spain, I think, are are pretty up-to-date and they've got most modern conveniences. The ones in Portugal is a slightly less wealthy country and I think that shows up in in their trains, but but they're getting there. 
Are their trams even look like an old version of what we used to have here in Melbourne? <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Now you en- you sound like you enjoyed Spain, but you but you really enjoyed Portugal. Yeah, Portugal was good, and and I especially um, enjoyed uh, Porto, which um, it's got a, a wonderful new cultural district called Wow. Uh, How do you spell that? Wow, W-O-W. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's um, a great name. And that embraces sort of seven museums and experiences, plus several really outstanding restaurants. Okay. And so you stayed in the centre of Porto, did you? We stayed in the centre of Porto, that's true. And, um, and just, what, take uh, uh, public transport around? Uh, yeah, they, there's, there's plenty, public transport is, again, as I mentioned before, uh, Europe is very busy, Porto is very busy, Right. Um, so the, the streets are pretty crowded, but, um, you know, it's not difficult to get around. Is it a wine destination, or am I uh, getting all no, too fortified? It is, I mean... The, the Well Museum, um, it's got uh, a, a big part of that is the, um, it's now part of the city that was once the home of the wine and port producers, you know, names you might recognise like if you're a port drinker like Coburn, Croft, yep. Graham, Taylor and Sandyman. Yep. These were English and Scottish merchants whose Spirit 45 wine, which is what port is, found a home in the boozy gentlemen's clubs of London in the 1700s. <laughs> right, uh, right. I think traditionally the wine produced in northern Portugal's Duro Valley was aged in warehouses uh, where Wow now is. And the, the barrels of wine were, had a perilous journey down the river uh, to be transported by riverboats to the, um, the warehouses, uh, which have now been, um, a lot of money has been spent on them bringing bringing them up to date in this uh, this wonderful museum. Well, that sounds interesting. It really it really does. One of the museums there is a court museum and I guess most of us would think that with with stelvin caps now being used instead of cork in wine bottles that um, maybe the cork industry was on its knees but that's just not the case. Now the cork is used for all sorts of things. I think Lady Gaga once appeared in a cork dress and it's, it's now used in construction of surfboards and skateboards, artificial turf in football stadiums for, for fashion uh, and building solutions. Does the cork in those sorts of usage, uh, is it replacing maybe polystyrene or what? Uh, I think why it is. Cork? It's, a, it's a far more sustainable product, product. because right. I think a cork tree... Um, gets harvested every seven years. Right. So um, they can use them. One of the things they do use them in, in a big way, is in um, in the movies. If you recall some of the earth-shattering explosions in Mission Impossible and films like that, they they're all produced with cork to simulate uh, explosions, falling debris, uh, oh. and the impact of bullets hitting various objects. And when you go into the uh, cork museum in in Porto, you can actually uh, experience. Um, you can get shot by a cork, can you? You can, yeah, all, oh. all made by cork. No, I think a, the way a cork, the cork when it shatters, you know, looks pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I, I bet it does. One of the other exhibitions in the, in the Wow is the Pink Palace, which celebrates everything pink, particularly rose wine. Uh, you can try out that. Uh, 
wine Matthias Rosé, which you know, oh, yeah. I think many of us grew up on. Um, millions and millions of bottles of this wine is still produced every year. I haven't seen um, it in Australia in decades. <laughs> uh, but I loved the shape of that bottle. That was good. The raffia bottle from, of Italian wine <laughs> of dubious heritage was also popular for a period, but I think it was more the container than the drink. Yeah, I think so. I think everyone put a candle in it and um, yeah, exactly put, it right. on their, put it on their dinner table as the height of sophistication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. So, Ian, how long do you think uh, one could spend in Porto? In Porto, it's certainly a three-day three um, destination. One of the things that we did in both Porto and Lisbon was go on a food tour with a, a company called culinary back streets and they are really excellent and i think food tours take you to places in cities that you wouldn't normally visit yeah uh, and you meet people um you know people who had business you know food businesses shops in in the cities for for decades and these food tours can help you discover these wonderful little spots that you could go back to later, perhaps, if you really enjoyed the food. Oh, exactly. It's yeah. not. They weren't all restaurants. Some of them ones are, are shops. And little. I mean, obviously in Portugal, the the famous uh, Portuguese custard tarts. Uh, we went to one of the biggest producers of those in the city. As I say, it's it's, it's taking you to places that you maybe wouldn't find on your own. Oh, well, that, that's a great uh, experience that you can enjoy. Tell me, uh, when you flew into Bilbao, did you go to the famous museum there? Yes, we went to the Guggenheim. What was that like? And um, quite, We expected to be in a queue for an hour in the sun, but we weren't. We got straight into the Guggenheim. Right. Um, so um, that was a very enjoyable visit. Was that because your agency organised you to get in quickly or, how, how, or just luck? Um, no, 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 it was just... just we were fortunate on the day, maybe, that um, it wasn't one of their busiest days. Uh, okay. It's a magnificent-looking building from the outside, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's quite like awesome. a sort of semi-like the Opera House, but made out of stainless yeah. steel or something. That's right. I mean, obviously, it's done a big thing for Bilbao and, yeah. and for northern Spain. brings a lot of people. Absolutely. So how long were you away altogether, Ian? We were away for about, I think, in all... We, we also had a spell in uh, London and, and Cornwall in the UK. Right. Uh, so overall, we were away for the best part of a month. And were you happy to get home? <laughs> we're always happy to get home to <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you used to say Fremantle, mate. Well, that's right. You're I'm a Melbourneian now. In, I've actually been in Fremantle this past weekend. So, right. um, Have a, a little bit of a dose of the local culture there. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Ian, thank you so much for uh, for your time and for sharing your experience with us. It does sound interesting. If people want to... You just did a private booking with this agency, didn't you? Yes, I did a private okay. booking. So if people want to do something similar... The company is called Byway. That was reporter Ian Jarrett speaking with Graham Kemlow.